cliffcentral.com. All right, Ted Blom is on the line. He's an independent energy analyst. Load shedding is a surprise to some of us, <laughs> not to Ted. We started this year having him on the show back in January. You remember him warning us and telling us ESCOM was a disaster. Well, some of the things he cited included unmitigated corruption, deep-seated mismanagement, and consumers being sucked into higher tariffs. He's on the line right now. Hey, Ted, how are you? Uh, good morning to you. Nice to speak to you again. I'm sorry that we have to because it usually means we're, in, we're up shit creek without a paddle. You're on a quest to make citizens more aware of what's happening at the power utility. And um, you've, you've linked the level of load shedding to the level of breakdowns within ESCOM. I mean, this, this ESCOM has got to be one of the worst managed entities in all of human history, not just in South Africa and in SOEs, right? Yeah, I think I could go with you, Gareth. So what is exactly going on there at the moment? Because there was this shambolic press conference, um, and, and the guy from ENCA tried his best to acquit himself with the likes of Jabum Mabuza and Pravin Gordon and and some guy they kept calling Mr. Jan. I don't think they knew what his surname was on ENCA. Jan Wibberosa. That's the, uh... Okay, so what's going on there? Because the explanations we heard from them were anything from wet coal to this one is in scheduled maintenance to this is a problem with rain and deliveries and what actually happened over the last few days that we got to stage six and how did we just skip past stage five? Okay, so I think the only thing that can be said about that interview is that the pictures were nice. <laughs> <laughs> Tell but me what nevertheless, uh, let me try and take it through. Uh, through. Uh, what has happened is that we had... Uh, what Eston would probably consider uh, call a black swan event, where a whole lot of uh, issues uh, uh, occurred at the same time. I don't think it's a black uh, swan event. I think uh, at least half of it was uh, management ineptitude. And let's, let's take it through, two through. There were a couple of events. One was Madupi, uh, two burners were lost uh, due to the conveyor feeding the, the furnaces uh, uh, misfiring. Uh, and that's a concern because that conveyor is going to run for the next 60 years and it's hardly run for six years. So that shouldn't be having problems so early in this lifetime. So I'm not, and Eskom's investigating that. We'll come back on that. The second issue was flooding at three power stations. That is man-made. Uh, that means that there was bad housekeeping. The drains weren't properly uh, kept clean and so forth and so on. And uh, that I certainly would put at the foot of uh, Eskom's management. Um, they're not uh, doing their jobs properly. Uh, the third issue was fine coal, and that I attributed to corruption. Worldwide, uh, coal contracts specify that not more than 10% of coal may be fined. Fined is minus 5 millimeter product, so Mm -hmm. it tends to be on the powdery side. Mm -hmm. And there is a reason for that. The reason is that uh, minus 5 material, when it gets wet, behaves like Johnson's baby powder. It clings like hell onto anything. Right. And uh, this wet stuff uh, then clings onto the conveyor and goes round and round and round and round and doesn't jump off into the fire. You then lose your fire. Now, uh, the reason I say that's uh, probably attributable to corruption is that uh, if, if only 10% uh, is allowed to be delivered, uh, it means there's a surplus of funds in any operation mm-hmm. of no convert- commercial value. But if Eskom is paying top dollar for fines and has a, a surplus of fines, uh, that's indicative that somebody's buying those fines and paying top dollar for it, and th- therefore the supplier can afford to pay massive kickbacks. Now, I don't know if that story sort of uh, 
sounds logical to you. Yeah, it does sound logical to me. Is there any way government can, um, because they're the shareholder, we keep being told, is there any way government can regain control of this situation? Is there any way that we can prevent this from happening again? And who is in charge of maintenance at these plants? It, you know, Madupi and Kusile we keep hearing about, but it seems to me that across the board, maintenance has really been put on the back burner for the last 10 years or more. Okay. Yes, no, that's a, that's a fact, and that, that I pointed out to, at the nursery hearings. So, uh, see, most of the maintenance is outsourced. Uh, it's outsourced to a company in which the chairman is a significant shareholder, and in fact, the BE partner. Oh. Uh, so that's already a conflict of interest. You also have other conflicts of interest. He's a supplier of expensive coal to Eskom, and he also supplies very expensive gadgets and dials and uh, uh, instruments to Eskom via another BE company that uh, he's associated with. So I asked, uh, you know, how can you how can you adjudicate these tenders uh, if you're the chairman and you're the acting CEO? Right. And he said he recused himself. The question then arises: how, how do you pay a guy millions of rands a year in salary if he has to recuse himself from seventy five percent of the meetings? Yeah, it's it's like it's almost as if this was put together by the worst possible people in the with the least possible amount of forethought. Um, and, and almost well, and as then, if to then, sabotage things. Then you've got a, a, a minister who last year, exactly a year ago, you'll recall this when I tell you the story. Yeah. Exactly a year ago, the minister proudly announced that he'd cancelled all Eskom's leave. Yes. And we, in a worse situation than we were a year ago in January 2018, uh, when uh, the new board was announced, the new CEO was announced, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the CEO only came later. Uh, but we're in a worse situation. Eskom's got more debt. Uh, the maintenance is further backlogged. And uh, the coal supply agreements that are more than 10 years outstanding have still not been uh, signed off. In fact, they're only busy discussing the first one. And there's already talk of excessive uh, pricing and corruption taking place in that agreement. As, as far as the maintenance backlog is concerned, in 2010, Eskom took a deliberate decision to keep the lights on. Uh, for the World Soccer Tournament. And that meant not taking units off to do maintenance. Uh, for four years, they then forgot to switch back on the maintenance. And the money disappeared. 14 billion rand a year just disappeared, notwithstanding that no maintenance was done. That created a massive backlog. I the time said it'll take five years to catch up at least. Eskom said, no, they'll catch it up within a year. Well, it's now 10 years or nine years later, and that maintenance is bigger than ever. Be- back- maintenance backlog is bigger than ever before. So you're sitting with an animal that's really in a precarious situation. Eskom's actually dead. Uh, the, the only reason it's still sort of breathing is because of the cash injections that come through every every six months or so. And then what do we do with that cash? Do we buy oil and, and, and just burn that? I mean, how, how exactly are they providing the, the, the power we get in, intermittently at the moment? Okay, so they've got long-term agreements, and, and they go into arrears with some of those agreements from time to time, but those faithful mining houses don't have anybody else to supply, so it's large volume. So they just keep on supplying Eskom. The bailouts basically go in the front door and out the back. Um, it has very little uh, operational impact on Eskom. It's used to service uh, arrear debt or debt coupons, uh, and uh, some of it might... Uh, leak into the, uh, the, the rear maintenance grant. But uh, from what I pick up, it's just uh, the funds cost overruns and the non-paying uh, electricity consumers, like, for instance, the return of the municipalities. 
Well, I know you have to go, Ted, but it's always good to talk to you, and thanks for clearing this up for us. Have we got anything to look forward to? Um, more power cuts, more disasters? Uh, how would you sketch the next couple of months going okay, forward? Okay, so I... I called the current load shedding about a week ago. I warned my uh, clients that uh, the load shedding was imminent because mm-hmm. the signs were very strong. This load shedding will carry on for at least the next fi- listen, at least the next five years. Then <laughs> uh, will carry on for five years after the new supply, cold supply agreements have been uh, signed off and, and implemented. It takes five years to develop a new mine, yeah. and uh, you cannot run a utility like this if you don't know what's in the pantry. Currently, Eskom is buying more than 30% of its coal ad hoc from people next to the road. There's no quality control. There's no uh, accounting control. It's just a, a complete mess. And, and uh, you described it very well last year, but it's a word I'm reluctant to use. A, a, a clusterfuck. I'll say it again. Thank you so much, Ted. Nice to talk to you and appreciate your time. Thank you. Ted Blom, who is an energy expert and independent energy consultant and analyst, and uh, there he is, basically agreeing that ESCOM is a clusterfuck. Now, if you ever wanted to know what failure looked like, mm. this is it. Cliffcentral.com.